This is the Vegan Travel Podcast. My name is Jeremy, and uh, today we're going to talk about minimalism and downsizing your stuff, which you're going to need to do if you want to travel efficiently. And minimalism is something that scares a lot of people because it's, you know, we, we become very attached to our stuff. We live in a very consumer society where we're always getting more and more things, and we're taught both implicitly and, and explicitly that we we need things. Uh, we need more and more and more to live comfortably. Uh, meanwhile, the, you know, most of the world doesn't, you know, can't even dream of what the, some of the things that we have here in the United States, for example. Um, but the way the way I approach this is, um, you know, minimalism to me. Everybody's going to come up with your own um, definition, of what it means to you, and and how you apply it to your life. Um, the way I look at this is, and, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about how how I approach it. So. Um, you can hopefully get something from that and um, and send some feedback and you know maybe I can learn something as well um, because I'm still I'm by no means an expert at this but I'm uh, I'm on my way to getting there uh, we'll put it that way um, and and the way I look at it is I I try to only have what I need and now obviously need is a, a very loaded word okay what do you actually need um, and you know we'll get into that a little bit but only you can really define that. Um, of course, I encourage you to to be very critical with yourself and with your stuff, and and ask always ask yourself, do I really need that? Am I using it? Can I live without it? Um, what happens if I need it again? Things like that, and and I'll get a little more into it uh, in in a minute. But the the idea is that to to travel efficiently, you need to not have a ton of stuff. Okay, if you have a big house with full of, full of things. Uh, it's just going to be, uh, not only is it something to worry about, but it's going to be something that's going to prevent you from going and moving about easily because, uh, well, for two reasons. First of all, uh, when you have a house or a car or some big piece of property that, that you have uh, in a place that isn't going with you, it's something to worry about. There's costs associated with it, and then things happen. You know, what if, so you rent out your house and then uh, something goes wrong, you know, there's there's a fire or... Um, you know, you put your stuff in your friend's basement and it floods uh, or they're moving or, you know, there's always things that come up to worry about. So the less you have, the less you have to worry about. But most importantly to me, and at least in my experience, is that I don't want to pay rent when I'm traveling. Um, you know, I might I might go away for a weekend or something, a very quick trip. But if I'm doing if I'm doing a bike tour or if I'm you know going away for a few months or I'm, I'm doing a you know six month tour of, of Southeast Asia, which is something that I'm hoping to do maybe next winter. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be paying rent because, uh, I'm not rich and I, if I'm paying rent, that's money that I don't have for the expenses of, of traveling. So I, what I typically do is I will only travel when I'm in between apartments and that takes some planning and it also takes, you know, sometimes the leases, lease dates and job dates and everything can be inconvenient, can make that difficult, but what what is important is that um i have to i have to work it so that um so that i'm not i'm not working and i'm not paying rent in order to be able to have the money to go and and the flexibility to go and travel and do the, the things that that i want to do um so so how do we go about this but well, there's a couple of different ways um and i think i think one of the things to to start with, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's overwhelming at first, right? 
And people, you know, when you when you start to think like, oh, I need to downsize my stuff, you know, I have a two-bedroom apartment and I have, you know, when you think about everything that you have, the clothing, the electronics, the, um, you know, the, the books, um, all, you think about all the things that can be overwhelming. Uh, you got to start somewhere. Whether you start with a particular category, uh, maybe you go through your books or maybe you start in your uh, bedroom with your clothing. One of the things that I figured out is that if I go somewhere in the future that doesn't have a, a winter with cold and snow, then I can get rid of just about half of the clothing that I own. Uh, now I'm going to take a walk over here because I'm recording here on my phone. I'm going to take a walk over here to look at my uh, makeshift closet. Um, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine things that can be considered jackets. Uh, one of them is for work. So I guess I, that's not mine. So I give it back. So eight, um, those, so that goes to one. Uh, I get rid of all the long sleeve shirts. I get rid of all the gloves and the hats and all that stuff. And I have about 12 pairs of gloves. So uh, because, you know, you need a different pair for everything. And then, you know, what if one's in the wash and it's drying? And then you need another one, you need a backup pair. And then I need one for work because I have to handle, uh, I have to fuel the buses. So I need a pair that's dedicated for that. So, you know, it's, I have so many pairs of gloves. And so, you know, one way is, you know, go through the clothes and you, you know, you, you start there. But you got to start somewhere. And, and uh, what I do is I have a six-month rule, and I make a seasonal exception. You know, if I'm going through in the summer and I come across my winter jacket and I go, well, I haven't used that since March, well, okay, I'm going to use it again in the winter, you know, if I have winter, assuming. Um, so I, that's how I, I go about it that way. And I, I try to be very strict with it because you have to really hold yourself to this because it's very easy to justify, oh, well, I might need that, and I don't know, and, you know, well, I use that once in a while. A good way to approach it in my experience has been that if an item is worth over $15, if I can get at least $15 from selling it on Craigslist or eBay or some other community forum, then I will do that. Um, and if if it's worth less, I'm not going to bother selling it. It's not worth my time. It goes to the thrift shop, or if I have a friend that wants it, whatever. Um, don't get into the trap of trying to identify like who wants what. Uh, this was a major nightmare when I tried to help my mom move from a house that she was in for 31 years into an apartment. And it was like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to get that. I'm going to give this to so-and-so. And it's like, look, we don't have time for this. <laughs> we got to, you know, if so-and-so is going to show up and take what they want, fine. But, the, you know, don't get, don't get too bogged down with that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people get really worried about, and this is what my mom was doing in this case, was very worried about, uh, like, she, she would give, for her friend, she, or my, if I knew somebody, she would give anything and everything. But it, she was, it was like, I'm not giving it to somebody for free. You know, I'm not bringing it to the thrift shop so somebody could take it for free. And it's like, why not? Like, the point is to get rid of your stuff and if you, what the reason I sell stuff that's over fifteen dollars is not I'm not trying to make money off of this, but what I'm trying to do is so that 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 represents basically you know a relative handful of things. You know I get a, maybe a few things that are worth you know forty bucks or whatever, but mo- most stuff you know might be worth like five or ten dollars. It's not worth my time, and the stuff that I do sell provides a little bit of money so that in case any of these things need to be replaced in the future. I'll have a little bit of money and I won't feel like, oh, I gave that away. I shouldn't have given that away because now I got to go buy it again. Um, because keeping the stuff, one thing to remember is that keeping the stuff has costs. Now, either you got to carry it with you and it's got weight um, and it's, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable 
or you're going to have to store it. Now, when I moved out here from Boston to Colorado, I had 10 boxes that, of varying sizes that I had. I stored it in my friend's basement, and I had him ship to me. Now, there was, there was some stress involved with that, and I, you know, there was a bit of a burden on him, and he didn't want to take any money for it, um, which you know, I offered to pay, so maybe that's, another, maybe that's his fault. But um, you know, that's, it's, it's stuff to worry about, and it's stuff you're going to have to pay. In, in most cases, you're going to have to pay to store your stuff. Uh, or to ship it, at least. Um, it cost me almost $500 to ship stuff out here. Now, it's my goal to get my stuff down to about three or four boxes max. Um, because just having more is just, you wind up, in, in the costs that you wind up incurring having it, uh, the, the odds that you'll need, I'm sure, certainly you'll need a couple of things. There are a couple of things that you'll get rid of that you'll need in two years. Um, but there are thrift shops you can go get them at. You can get it online. You can... Uh, even if you have to pay full price for something every now and then, um, it's it's worth the uh, it's worth not not having to carry it around. Um, and we've all you know done this with you know you do this with food when you're moving right you know you find that it's a lot easier to get rid of your food and to start over. Um, and you want to be you know you just want to be careful with it. You don't want to you don't want to give up get rid of things that are going to be a real pain to acquire again. Um, now, if I, I have here this beautiful Brompton folding bike that I love, right? Um, I don't really use it much in the winter, um, but if I sold it, then I would have to pay a lot more to get it again because it would be very difficult to find a used one, and it would be a big hassle. Um, so that's the kind of thing, for example, that I'd hold on to. Uh, a regular bike, like this mountain bike that I have here that I, I got lucky. I found the mountain bike for $60 in a thrift shop. You don't always find it for $60, but... You know, for generally, you can sell a bike for somewhere between one and three hundred dollars, depending on the specifics, and you can get one for about the same amount. So it just doesn't make sense to try to ship the bike. Um, it just that's one of those things that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't do. You would just again you sell what you what is worth selling, and then you have money to to buy what you need. Um, we all have luxuries. I personally have a lot of kitchen stuff that a lot of people wouldn't have. Now, part of this is because I'm a vegan, and I am pretty adamant about having vegan cooking equipment. And I also, this year when I got to Colorado, I bought a a blender, because I had, my roommate owned the previous one that I was using, and uh, and I got a pressure cooker. I was convinced to get a pressure cooker, uh, which is excellent. Now, these are two things that are I'm going to have to move with me, because I considered that when I bought them. I'm not going to... Um, you know, I'm not going to sell them. And uh, one of the challenges with vegan, with with like being a vegan and cooking in a, trying to keep a vegan kitchen, is that it's you know you go to the thrift shop, and you know what are you buying? Is it is it always vegan? Now usually I don't put too much weight on that, but uh, to buy appliances like a blender uh, or uh, pans, a lot of times you buy pans that you know they have all kinds of grease on them, and it's very difficult to get clean. So that's the kind of stuff that I will I will keep and I will absorb the costs. You know, these are heavy things, they're metal, but I will I will absorb the costs of shipping that. Now this is these are decisions you have to make. Maybe that's not important to you. And maybe you don't really care about that. So um or if you're going you know, if I were gonna be away for two years, let's say, uh I'm not gonna store this stuff for two years. And I'm certainly not gonna be carrying my pressure cooker around with me on my bicycle. So these are these are things that may vary depending on the circumstances, but to give you an idea, you know, we all have things that are, go a little bit beyond what we need, 
And, you know, we justify that. You just have to be careful not to justify too much. Um, I mentioned winter stuff. Um, if, I don't know if I really want to call that a luxury, but it is something to think about. If you live in a winter climate, you're by definition going to have more stuff. Um, books is a big one. Uh, for me, I had uh, I only had a handful of books that I uh, didn't get rid of before, but um, and I had a lot of uh, a lot of transit maps. You know, I travel around. I get system maps of transit agencies. I get bike maps. I get hiking maps, and you know, and I would keep these things because I enjoyed looking at them. And but the reality is, I didn't look at them all that much. And um, most of these things could I could get an updated version for free if I wanted to. Um, almost all of these things are available online. I know it's not the same, but uh, you know you have to think about you know make your make your compromises somewhere. And uh, when I I had a big heavy box of books and maps that was shipped over here, and I don't want to do that again. So I all of the books I made a list of all of the books that I. Got rid of, and again, this was the same thing. If I could get fifteen dollars for or more for it uh, online than uh, on Half.com or Amazon, then I sold it. And if not, I gave it away to the library, or I put it in one of those little free libraries that on the street that people can, you know, give a book, take a book, um, you know, or I gave it to a friend or something like that. Um, I had a whole bunch. Of, I had about ten vegan cookbooks that I bundled together and I sold for twenty bucks total, um, and that was nice. So, um, and, and you know, so you have to. And so what I did is I made a list of of the things that I got rid of, and a few of them I bought on my e-reader. I got an e-reader, and a few of them, a few of those books I bought on the e-reader, and the others they're still on that list on my computer. And if I, you know, if I decide I need them in the future, uh, I will buy them. Um, and that's why you know I don't need to replace all of them right away. It's just that if I decide that I want one of them, well then because I sold a few of them, I have money to buy a couple, and the e-books are cheaper. So, so that helps. Um, and this is one of the rules, is that digitize whatever you can. Um, any you know, receipts, things that you've been holding, any pieces of paper that you can get rid of, any, any you know, manuals or um, you know, work documents or tax documents or anything that you can digitize. I, I recently learned that there are a couple of really good apps for your phone. Um, one is called Scan- Cam Scanner and another one is called Evernote Scannable. And these are... There, there are several others, but these are the two that I use, that you can just take a picture of basically any piece of paper, any document, and it will, it, on the sense that it's documented, it'll form, and you can format it, and you can just, and it's very easy and quick to scan it so you don't have to go to the library and try to find a scanner and, you know, mess around with the transferring the files and all that mess. So digitize whatever you can. Um, combine things. So try to try to get things that, do multiple tasks. So I'm right now I'm recording this podcast on my phone. Uh, I am going to, I still have the microphone that goes to my computer. Uh, it was a $40 microphone, but I am going to get rid of that uh, before I leave here. And uh, because this phone, it's not quite as good, but this iPhone with the uh, iPod microphone or the iPod, um, the ear, earphone with the little microphone in it, it, uh, it works well enough that it does the job. And uh, I guess if you're listening to this, you would uh, you would agree. Um, it also plays music, so I have all my, have my music and my podcast on here. So I don't need a separate MP3 player. I uh, and it takes pictures. So I don't need a separate camera. Um, think about think carefully about all your electronics. What needs different cords? You know all the things that are all the duplicates that you might have around, and uh, you know and other electronics that you don't really need. 
Um, think you know a lot of us have a tendency to just kind of collect those things and they wind up in the drawer. Uh, most of these things are very cheap to buy in the used market these days. So, um, you know, be be liberal with getting rid of what you don't need. Um, and when you're going to buy things, buy carefully. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there are times when things die and you need to buy new stuff or um, you have a need to buy a new device or a new item or whatever it is. Um, think carefully about the size and the weight and is this something that's going to be easy to carry with me? Or if I'm not going to carry with me, uh, what are the costs of storing this? Or am I willing to get rid of it in the future? When you buy things from the used market, either in thrift shops or online, on eBay or something similar, uh, or Craigslist, when when you buy used stuff, it's there's less of a cost involved in having to turn around and sell it because you can generally sell it for a similar value as what you paid, and so you're not really losing money. You know, if you go out and you buy a brand new, uh, I don't know, um, television. I don't have a TV, so <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But you go out and buy a brand new television, um, and it costs you $200, and maybe you can only sell it for 50 bucks. That's not a good investment. Um, what's a good investment is going on Craigslist and finding that same TV for $50, but you can then turn around and sell for $50. Um, and some things you're going to decide that you're not going to be worried, you know, you're going to, for what you spend, you're not going to be worried about selling them in the end. Um, and, you know, when you, and like I said, you know, make sure you're, that things work for you, that, uh, you know, I have a lot of things right now that I've I've bought over the years and haven't really thought so carefully about this. So, you know, some of my clothes don't don't always double and um, you know, I have water bottles of varying sizes that uh, don't always work. I have I have a giant water bottle. It's a 64 ounce water bottle. That's great for bike touring, except that it's not insulated, so it gets really warm. Um, so that's you know not a good not a good purchase because um, I don't really wind up using it, and I'm going to get rid of it. So it's just to think carefully about uh, all of these investments. I bought a set of studded bike tires this year for my. Uh, regular full-size bike because I've been riding that around town. Now, the Brompton, the folding bike, is the one that I'm going to keep. So maybe not the best investment. Uh, I wasn't able to find studded tires in the used market, so I bought a new pair. It cost me like $100. So will I get $100? Probably not. I'm hoping I can get like 50 for it when I sell it. Um, but these are the things that uh, need to be considered as you're going through uh, downsizing. One of the things that really helps with minimalism and, and downsizing is living with other people. Uh, when you live with roommates, your roommate is generally going to own somewhere around 50% of the stuff. Um, so in the past, I've lived with other people, so I haven't had certain things I haven't had to buy and I haven't had to own. And then when I left, I didn't have to move those things because they just weren't mine. Um, and, you know, some things were mine. I generally advise when you have roommates that you don't don't try to split the cost. Don't try to go out and buy things and split the cost because then it's unclear who, who owns what when you when you leave because that's inevitably going to happen. And I guess the same thing with the you know romantic relationship is going to. Um, I mean, people don't like when I say this, but you know I'm not a big fan of those because eventually they end. Um, so when you so split the list, you know you you buy this, I'll buy that, and make it so that you don't have any confusion when you uh, move out. I have had the good fortune uh, up until now, and now I'm living alone because of a 
various factors that I, I won't get into, but uh, you know, and, and largely, largely um, the big one is uh, you know being a vegan. And the odds, of, what are the odds of trying to find a vegan roommate? And uh, having a vegan kitchen is really important to me. But I've been fortunate, for the most part, to be living with people who had a lot of stuff and who you know wanted to decorate the place and wanted to like live there for a long time and you know do all that and and. The deal was that I was, you know, kind of a transient person and, you know, I might be there for a year or whatever, but, um, you know, I wasn't going to contribute a ton. Um, but that was good for them because they had a ton of stuff. And if I brought a ton of stuff, then there would be too much in the house. So, um, you know, a lot of times I lived in places with, you know, where my roommate had or roommates had everything you needed in the kitchen. It's great because now I don't have to buy that. And then when I move, uh, when I go halfway across the country, uh, I don't have to take any kitchen stuff with me. Uh, and so that's that's a good, really good way to uh, to minimize the amount of stuff you have. One other important thing that I, I can't believe I haven't mentioned yet is that you can very often get a lot of stuff for free. Now, depending on this, this depends largely on where you where you are. Um, when I moved to a ski resort town, uh, I got some things for free when I got here because it was the end of the summer season when I arrived, and so people were getting people who were leaving. At the in September, we're getting rid of stuff, but for the most part, people are coming in and looking to buy stuff. And you know, there's not as much stuff that makes its way onto the market, used market as goes off of the used market. So thrift shops is, can be always hard to find stuff. I had a hardest time finding sheets for my bed in the thrift shop. Eventually, I did. Um, I just had to be willing to sleep in a sleeping bag for about a week or two. You know, you have to do these things if you want to. You know, otherwise, otherwise, I go to Target and I spend you know thirty, forty bucks on a pair of sheets that, uh, you know, I don't need to spend that. I could spend $5 in the thrift shop, and that's eventually what happened. But uh, a lot of, especially if you live in a big city, um, and biking is a great way to find this stuff, uh, walking too, um, you will very often see stuff on the side of the street. Um, sometimes you have to look. Sometimes you have to look at the, you know, next to the trash that's out, um, perfectly good stuff that is totally usable and will uh, will do the job. And sometimes there's a box that says free on it. And that, then you're in luck because then you know that somebody went through the effort to put it out for somebody else for free. So then you don't have to look and see, okay, um, is, is this, you know, is it dirty? Is it broken? You, you know, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, biking home. You're like, oh, great. Oh, there's an air conditioner on the sidewalk. Awesome. And, uh, you know, and I've actually picked up a few of these uh, from the curb. But one time, uh, one of those times, I, uh, you know, after I got the trailer and everything and I brought it home and, Plugged it in and it didn't work. That's a major bummer. And you don't really want that, especially you know if you pick up uh, I don't know if you pick up a pair of shoes and you find out it's got a big hole in it. And you're, okay, fine. It's, you carried a pair of shoes for you know five blocks, big deal. But if you went and got some, went and you got your bike trailer or you know you borrowed a friend's pickup truck and you got some big heavy piece of furniture and and then there's a fatal flaw in it. Well, that's that's a waste of your time and energy. And now you feel like an idiot. And now you have to dispose of it. So that's no fun. But generally, you can, uh, if you keep your eyes open, you can find free stuff. If you go to yard sales, they're not as common in the winter, places that have winter. But uh, in those places, you'll see them popping up in the spring. People uh, decide they're going to clean out their uh, their garage and, and other rooms. And you'll find, uh, you'll find really good deals at, at yard sales. Um, you can find, you know, appliances and things, pieces of furniture for like five bucks. And, uh, and that's a good way. And this is um, one of the, you know, going back to selling stuff that's worth a little bit of money. Um, 
So you have a little bit of money to, to get new stuff. You, depending on your lifestyle, if you do this a little, you know, if you do this often, you travel often, and you move often, you'll figure out about how much it costs to, to, you know, get in, get it settled in a new place. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're, um, if you really like nice furniture and you really want to decorate your place and, you know, this is going to be a major expenditure and you have to think carefully about whether this is the kind of thing you really want to be spending your money on. Um, and if you're like me, that can pretty much make do with anything until I find things for free. Um, I found the hanging clothes dryer for free, um, which is, you know, luck, but probably would have gone and bought one anyway if I didn't find it because uh, the money that I save on not drying my stuff in the dryer, aside from being uh, more environmentally friendly, um, would, have, would have paid for it. But you see, so you can find all kinds of things if you just, you just keep an eye out, just look. Um, sometimes it's a matter of uh, word of mouth. If you just, you know, having, having a conversation with your friends, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, I've been looking for this thing and I can't seem to find this thing. It's like, oh yeah, I saw one of those the other day or I know, uh, yeah, I think I might have one in my basement. Or, you know, a lot of times that stuff happens too. So you gotta you gotta keep your eyes open. You gotta be willing to make do with what you have. Um, there, are, right now, I I try hard to not buy what I don't need. So, for example, I have uh, I have pretty crummy lighting in my apartment, but uh, I have an overhead fluorescent light in my kitchen, and I have a small standing lamp that's not very good in my living room, and I make it work because um, when I have a I have an overhead light in the bedroom. So I'm not a big fan of the overhead lights, but I make it work because it's not going to be too picky because I'm not going to go out and spend money on that. Um, I have a dishwasher that uh, I don't use because I can't really fill it up. Um, I don't really have enough dishes to fill it up, and I'm not going to go buy enough dishes to just to, you know to fill it up because I'm going to move out soon. So I uh, but I use my dis- dishwasher as a drain rack for the dishes that I wash by hand. So you know you you make do with what you have and. Um, that's that's probably the most important thing because when you're traveling, you're not going to have access to everything you might you might want. Uh, you might be cooking in a hostel kitchen, and you know you got some vegetables to cook, and you're like, oh, there's no knife, there's no vegetable peeler, or the, the crappy serrated knives that don't do a good job. You know, and you have to learn to improvise. So, um, getting looking out for free stuff and trying not to buy things that you don't need is a definitely good practice for that. And lastly, I'm looking around my apartment, and I see uh, a lot of sporting goods. Actually, when I'm looking around, I see I have all my hockey gear here, which I'm which I'm going to sell when I'm done uh, done here. Um, I tried to sell it when I left Boston, but I couldn't get any significant money for it. And this is the kind of thing where sometimes it makes sense to give stuff away because um, I think I had one guy that offered me like forty dollars for the pants, and that was about it. Um, but when I shipped it over here, that box alone cost me sixty one dollars to ship my hockey gear over here. That includes the skates and the helmet and, and all the pads and everything. Um, everything except the stick. And so then you got to think about, okay, well, you know, could I have gotten a pair of hockey gear for, you know, not more than $61? Probably. Um, I see here I have uh, snowshoes and cross-country skis and boots that I've got for the winter. Um, I bought those with the intent that I was going to get rid of them at the end of the season. I paid uh, $100 total for, for um, actually, hundred dollars, no, hundred and fifty dollars total for this snowshoes, the ski boot, the um, cross country ski boots, and the cross country skis. 
Um, now I've only taken these a handful of times, so now I'm now that I think about this is this was a questionable investment. Um, but I, you know, I when I bought it, I was not expecting to get that money back because I didn't know if I was going to be able to sell them at the end. So I tried to get things that were functional but not super expensive. And I found a pair of ski poles uh, next to the dumpster. So that's what I mean when you're looking out for when you're looking out for stuff. When I first moved in here, I was going by the the dumpster like you know every day. I think um, just riding by. I wasn't I wasn't you know climbing up and in there or something. I would just ride by, maybe stop my bike and just kind of peer over just to see if anybody had left anything next to it. I wasn't digging around in there. Uh, I picked up a microwave that was sitting next to it, and then it as I realized I didn't have a use for a microwave, so I uh, eventually just gave it to somebody else. I just put it on Craigslist for free. Um, I have a lot of pairs of shoes that I'm going to have to get rid of or store. I have to think about that carefully, um, whether I want. I can, obviously, I can only wear one at a time, and if I'm on a bike tour, you really don't want to carry an extra pair of shoes, so I have to think about that. Um, I have Right now, I have three bikes. One is the folding bike and the two regular full-size bikes I'm going to sell before I leave. Um, so these are the yeah these are things that I'm uh, I'm thinking about here, and um, always yeah so always just think about whenever you acquire something always think about what is it you know am I gonna keep this for a long period of time and if not what is the cost to uh, get rid of it doesn't mean that you know it's not always going to be the case that it doesn't make sense it just that you just have to think this through and then you'll uh, and you'll also avoid disappointment because. You won't be, you know, if you go out and you buy a $500 couch and then, you know, six months later, you're like, oh, I see all these, a lot of college students do this. And six months later, you're, you know, you're going, oh, well, now I could have, oh, you know, I spent a lot of money on that. And, you know, now I, whereas if you, you know, you get a $50 couch from Craigslist and, you know, you, you uh, rent a Zipcar pickup truck for, you know, an hour to move it and it costs you a total of 70 bucks, then it's really not, you know, it's really not that bad of a, it's not a big deal if you don't sell it. Um, that's that's what I'm getting at here. One thing I'm experimenting with in this new lifestyle that I have is uh, trying to get furnished places, furnished apartments, so that I don't have to go and buy a bed and a couch and you know and all that stuff. Um, this place here, I, I had to buy sheets for the bed, but the bed was here. Um, I had a couch. I have a table. I have uh, you know a, a functional a full kitchen um, didn't include any uh, any uh, unfortunately didn't include any cookware or anything but but uh, you know it's got a good uh, good stove and oven and um, the counter is good and so I didn't have to I didn't have to spend anything on it and I don't have to buy any big objects that's one of the things when you live in the city and you live in small spaces and you don't have a car uh, it's how do you get you know how do you buy a bed or a couch how do you get it home and how do you deal with all that so it's a lot easier if you have a situation where uh, stuff is is included. So I won't go on much longer because this is there's a lot of stuff online. If you look up this search for minimalism or minimalist travel, and there's all kinds of things uh, online that are you know really good resources. Um, but the last thing I will say is that if you can't, if you have trouble with this, if it's if it's a uh, you know just a, a shock to the system or just just too overwhelming, then you know. Don't don't feel bad about having a friend or two help you with the process. Uh, and if it's really bad, um, you know, send your 
tell your friend to go in there and, you know, say, like, these are all my books. Go in there and, you know, save me a few and get rid of the rest and put them in charge because then you don't have the the um, sentimental, you know, you won't get emotional over that because you're not there. Uh, that's probably the toughest thing about downsizing. But remember that uh, all the physical things can be replaced. And now at the age of computers, you you know, photos can be scanned, papers can be scanned. Um, so you shouldn't have, be having to move like a file cabinet or something. Um, I hope that was helpful. And please send me your thoughts and comments. Uh, you can reach me at Jeremy at vegantravelpodcast.com. And uh, just go to vegantravelpodcast.com. I uh, tweet sometimes at Critical Transit, and I am. Uh, you can find me on Facebook if you look hard enough. And I will talk to you soon.